0: My name is Brent. Just Brent. I can't tell you my last name. My name online is Fandalites at gmail.com. At least, that's close to being my real online name. I have to be careful, even about that. See, nothing is safe from the Yerks. I could give you my actual screen name and they could find me. That would be the end of Brent and Fandalites at (laughs) gmail.com. Welcome to Fandalites, the weekly podcast where Jen and I read and then talk about each Animorphs book in order. This week we're doing book number 16, The Warning, uh, in which Jake discovers a chat room about Yerkes, and in order to figure out if it's legit or a trap, the gang breaks into the AOL offices to hack the Gibson. They find out that it's run by none other than billionaire CEO of the company, Joe Bob Finestra. Their attempt to sneak into his house gets Rachel and Axe captured and necessitates a desperate rescue by Jake in a newly acquired rhino It turns out that Joe Bob Finestra is a willing controller hosting Viscer 3's Renegade Cannibal Twin. <laughs> Viscer 3's Renegade Cannibal Twin is my favorite prog rock band.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: and, and Jake has to let him live to get Rachel and Axe out alive. Although he might have burned the dude's house down, as it turns out.
1: <laughs> this book is fucking this book is fucking bug wild. This might be my new favorite book.
0: Uh, as soon as I read the the first page of this book, the one that you see posted online all the time, I was <laughs> like, I remember literally everything about it.
1: Really? I didn't remember anything about this book, and and that turned out to be it turned out to be a beautiful present that I gave myself <laughs> uh, just following step by step in this fucking book with all this fucking internet talk. Oh, my God.
0: This is definitely the book where Hecate would show up if she were canon instead of our head canon.
1: Yeah, this is this is the book where my um, uh, uh, extra scene Fanfic emerges with the mainstream of the story. This is where Hecate emerges. She's like waiting for them at the AOL headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> she saw them coming. She had to intercept them before they blew all of the hard work she's done securing this Yerk website.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I'm pretty sure the reason Axe can't hack the system is because Hecate already did and locked the door behind her.
1: Yeah, because she knows what she's doing. Not like those fools at Web Access America. Yeah,
0: you know she's watching this chat room. You know she's she's probably one of the people who knows what's up in that chat.
1: I hope so. The the just the just just the fact that a chat room is a central like linchpin in this book is so savory to me. <laughs> it's a... ah, oh, Brent.
0: God, I can remember exactly the sort of chat room that is in here too.
1: Yeah, it was very evocative. Marco's description of like the the five people you meet in every chat room. You can
0: only type like 10 words at a time.
1: Oh my God. It was hard to read. The chat log was hard.
0: You got to refresh the page to get it to uh, load new messages.
1: (laughs) And it takes forever because they have uh, what Jake's internet speed is 38,000 BPS.
0: Yeah, well, they go to Marco's because he's got the 56k modem.
1: Yeah, he's got the upgraded fifty-six k. Yes, and there's a point where Axe is like, "Oh, bits, but not even like million bits per second? And <laughs> I, even okay, even fifty-six million bits per second is only like fifty-six megabytes. It's like it's not a lot. It's nothing. It's nothing. You it it would take you so long to download. Do you want to be my lover by the Spice Girls at that speed? Andalites
0: have very, very good lossless compression technology, so they don't need as many bites.
1: (laughs) God, but that was just so it took me back, Brent.
0: I know. God, it's a good thing nobody picked up the phone while they were trying to do this, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, just imagine Tom picking up the phone and he hears the screeching and he just yells up at Jake. (laughs) I need to call the sheriff, kid. yes
0: um god yeah so if anybody's keeping track uh we now proclaim this officially the most 90s book in the series and i do not know if it is possible for it to be unseated
1: it would be i it would be so hard like just the fact that this book opens with jake rhapsodizing about his username his screen name B-ball. and explaining what his screen name means the end of Beeball ball <gasps> oh.
0: 24
1: Oh my god. Oh and when Marco emails Jake as like with a, like a fake Cassie email, Cassie98 in order to like fake it on him. Like ob- obviously friend-wise, like not actually trying to pull one over on him, but still very good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I I always say nostalgia is a drug. This book is like the high grade, 100% f- pure pharmaceutical. Uh, nostalgia. It is only 90s kids, the book.
1: Yes! It is the most potent, like, fucking forget the Rainforest Cafe. I'm over the Rainforest Cafe. This book was so pure, beautiful, (laughs) cocaine-white nostalgia. (laughs) Ah, I can feel it in my blood, Brent.
0: I seriously suspect that this book specifically is the reason that they stopped doing the updated cultural references re-release. Like, had nothing to do with sales i am 100 convinced now it's because this one they would have had to rewrite like half the fucking book to account for post 9-11 airports
1: <laughs> oh holy shit yeah no kidding their plan to get the long distance to the aol fuck i can't believe this sentence right their yeah. plan to get to the, the long distance to the aol headquarters is to just hop on a plane as flies so they just wander into an airport like, because you can just wander up to the gates, because this is, book was written in 1998. And they go into a bathroom, and they stuff all of their clothes in a backpack, which they just leave in the bathroom. Okay, no, I, already the airport is shut down.
0: <laughs> you, you're forgetting the very, very important plot point where Jake has to pilfer a used diaper oh, from the bathroom and hide it in the trash can near the door the gate so that they can find it as flies because ka only writes them in Flymorph when she wants to tell poop jokes
1: yes and that we've gotten to the i we've moved past the part of these books where ka is obsessed with eating and consumption as a source of horror and we've moved on to more of a 90s gross out poop centric joke mm. horror
0: you know uh, consumption as a source of horror does c- show up in this book though
1: Oh, yes, it does more than anything. But we, okay, we have to take this one step at a time because right. there's so much here. Right. And I want to savor every bit. Axe <laughs> doesn't, t- so t- t- to go back to two books ago oh. with the book with all the poop. <laughs> X does doesn't, Axe doesn't seem <laughs> that, to understand. That
0: should have been the <laughs> fucking title of the episode.
1: The book with all the poop. Axe <laughs> doesn't seem to understand poop or waste excretion in general like he doesn't seem to understand the concept which goes back to your point of how what what do andalites excrete even if they're just consuming nutrients
0: yeah i i thought that i thought that that was sort of low-key insinuated in the book where they finally found out how andalites eat in that they I guess so they don't have
1: solid waste yeah, I mean, but the whole the whole joke of that Alien Area Fifty Two book was that the Yurks were trying so hard to get to a port-a-john, oh, shit, or no, like I... a, a a space toilet that's been ejected from a dome ship. So if there's nothing in that but compost, then that whole book, I mean that. That book doesn't hold together anyway, so...
0: He did say it was an early primitive model. Maybe that was before they figured out how to shunt their waste directly into zero space from their body. (laughs) fuck. I assume that's what they do.
1: That's such a good idea. Or maybe they created a new version of this morph leading back to my earlier fan theory that the Andalite's whole body is a combination of different DNAs. Maybe they found a way to not have to poop several generations back. And X just never needed to learn about and it. They
0: did that thing like the Soylent CEO, or they just took a bunch of poor bioavailability antibiotics to kill off their gut flora? God,
1: is that what he did? Because That doesn't seem like you should do that to your body.
0: We, we 100% need to talk about that dude sometime offline. But this is not a podcast okay. about Silicon Valley and their insanity.
1: <laughs> no, it's about the Animorphs and their insanity. So there's oh, this... Okay, there's also something that happens in the airport that is... these books are crazy and a lot of things happen in them. This is the fucking craziest thing a human has done in any of these books and that is they're in the airport. There's somebody waiting to use the bathroom while they're morphing into flies in the bathroom. So this person reaches over the stall door to unlock it and let himself into the bathroom. Yeah. What, What the
0: fuck? He doesn't like look under first to see if there's feet.
1: Yeah, horrible... Mutant feet. He doesn't know. He knocks and says, "I really have to go." Is anybody in there? And half fly Jake is kind of like, "Help me!" But he still like like just lets himself in. Good, good callback
0: to all their the fly jokes. <laughs> yes,
1: I never forget the the fly jokes.
0: But yeah, this dude like just ugh. it's once again just... it's their opsec getting super lax. They're basically morphing in public here.
1: Yeah, yes, yes. They're basically with Axe and Tobias, so extra tricky there because they have to morph from human to their regular bodies and then from their regular bodies into whatever bullshit, in this case, flies that they're going into. It's so unnecessary. I mean, they get the job done, kind of. <laughs> Jake does get swatted on the plane, which sucks.
0: Yeah, God, that that's a rough scene where all the rest of the flies sort of... That had to be real disturbing if anybody noticed it on the plane, like the rest of these flies picking up their fallen picking brethren
1: up? and oh. flying him
0: over for a fucking funeral or something.
1: Yeah, that's extra crazy. When you put it like that, I hadn't really thought about it. But yeah, seeing like it, in my mind, it looks exactly like a drone. You know how like drones have like four, yeah like the four, four engine drones. Yeah, like
0: the quadricopters.
1: Yes, that's exactly what it looks like. But a tiny dead fly version of that. And I mean, Jake's fine physically.
0: Just in another fucking pre-9-11 world nod, Jake just walks off the plane as a person and nobody notices.
1: Barefoot in bike shorts <laughs> and everybody's just like, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> yeah, Flying is the safest way to travel. Yeah.
0: Jake only God. gets swatted because they happen to be on the flight where the fucking CFO or something of this airline Happens to be, and it is like miss a fly just landed in my Salisbury steak that I'm eating in first class for some reason.
1: <laughs> yeah, they de- they specifically hang out in first class, which also seems pretty extra for the animorphs. Like they are flies. <laughs> well,
0: you know, if you're getting it for free, Marco can't help himself.
1: Yes. Um, Jesus.
0: It's weird. This whole thing. It's weird. Like that. That they needed to make the. AOL offices a distance from where they were anyway.
1: Yeah, that raises some questions about like what the function of that is.
0: I mean, maybe she just put it in there to have Jake have a fly near death experience.
1: I mean, the most of these books do have some sort of kind of unnecessary complication in order to draw the plot out. And the fault I had with the most recent Cassie book is that their hijinks at the racetrack uh, didn't really hold <laughs> hold together with the rest of the plot in any reason. And I guess the question is, like, so they're, they don't just let the fact that Jake almost dies from getting his organs squished out of his body go. Like... Cassie is really sensitive to Jake's PTSD about the situation even though pretty much nobody else is. Yeah,
0: everybody else is already joking about it.
1: Yeah, everybody else is like, "Yeah, let's let's morph fly again. It's really the best morph." And Jake's like, "Uh," and Cassie's like, "No. <laughs> he almost died. Let's maybe take a second. You know, nobody
0: gave a shit when they were making Marco morph a dolphin, so
1: yeah, that's true. And and they have, Jake and Cassie have that nice aside where they're like, you know, Cassie's like, you know, you don't have to always be the stone-faced leader. And and Jake's like, no, I, I have to. I, I can't let them know that I'm afraid or that I don't know what I'm doing. And that's, oh, I mean, this is kind of what I've always wanted from Jake, which is for him to uh, sort of be aware of the pressures of leadership.
0: Yeah, to like have an actual struggle.
1: Yeah, not just calling back to the Tom thing again.
0: Right, which is like legit, but come on.
1: Yeah, it's just not much there. Yeah. I mean, until something happens with that story, there's not much. Right. There. I feel
0: like between between the first book where he tries to break Tom out of the yerk pool and the book where he gets infested by Tom's yerk, we've oh, we've really man. mined that as far as it'll go for the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean I assume it'll come back around. Probably. But this this book also it it sort of addresses the issue I had with the book where they time travel and it it all unhappens. <laughs> Cuz that book is about Jake making a series of bad leadership choices and getting upset about it and then getting a take back that <laughs> he totally takes for granted. Like it, in this book kind of corrects that which i'm glad.
0: Yeah, this is really what that book should have been. I sort of wanted to mention how this whole thing where they have to get on the airport and then go to AOL to hack the Gibson and then get back on the airplane it's completely unnecessary because they find out extremely little.
1: Yeah. Yes. They I mean I
0: mean there is a very good scene where Rachel as a bear is mopping the carpet. <laughs> Uh, with, the Tobias with Tobias standing on her head and Jake sitting next to her roaring, the guards all, "You, you're not authorized to be here.
1: <laughs> you bear and you tiger, what are you? You're not, you're not uh, sanctioned for overtime. What are you doing?" <laughs> the
0: guard played by Don Knotts. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, you kids! That was my Don Knotts. It's not very good. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounded more like a Scooby Doo villain.
1: Yeah. I don't. Yeah. So I did like that scene a lot, where they just need a distraction. A very
0: good scene, but like in the end, they don't find anything out other than that. Like the one person in this chat room is Joe Bob Finestra.
1: <laughs> yes. They well, they also figure out. So they figure out there's Joe Bob Finestra, and then they also figure out that Gump, some number, Gump eighty five or whatever. I don't remember. Uh, Gump is. Like a nine-year-old kid, and I don't know how they found that out. I don't know what kind of records AOL was keeping on us. Um,
0: I guess a lot.
1: Yeah, but they—they <laughs> they find out that they found out that Gump is like a nine-year-old kid, and he, from the chat room log, they know that he's really concerned that his father is a host he and specifically he's concerned that his father is a host because his father has been nice
0: oh god
1: which is its own kind of barrel of very sad fish yeah but f- so fucking okay and let's just let's just address joba fenestra's name <laughs> cuz c- clearly he's a bill gates analog so there's that but also uh, for those of you who are not French speakers, Finesse, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's French for window. So he's Joe Bob Window. And I have to assume that that's why K.A. named him such. It's a wink and a nod. Yep. But like a just a really forceful one. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, an extremely forceful uh, a definitive <laughs> wink and a nod.
1: Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, they get that information. They also get the information that Mark has been catfished.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is 100% the one of them that would get catfished.
1: Yeah, for sure. And this is like before catfishing was named catfishing. Right.
0: This was back when you just had an online girlfriend that you'd never met or seen a picture of.
1: Yeah, but you just trusted. Well, yeah, Sure. With that, back when you had your Canadian boyfriend like I did. <laughs> yes, classic 90s.
0: Partygirl84 seems like sort of a, sort of a mature username for Marco's age demographic. I guess it seems more like a college person.
1: I assume Marco is also lying about every part of himself oh, 100%. on the internet. Yeah, I assume he's telling people he's a twenty-two-year-old b-ball star. <laughs> <He's>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he pioneered the chaos dunk. He, he was banned from b-ball.
1: Yeah, I just assume Marco. Marco most likely to be catfished and most likely to catfish.
0: He's reverse catfishing, this catfisher.
1: <laughs> and and most likely to become a catfish. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So they come to this dilemma which I think is a really interesting dilemma where they're trying to figure out if they should contact Gump and keep him this again this 9-year-old kid from telling his dad I I know something's wrong with you what's happening because the animorphs I think fairly assume that once they once this kid confronts his dad he's going to be made a controller
0: oh especially if he uses the word yerk
1: Oh yeah, he's gone. He's just gone. Mm-hmm. Uh or To infiltrate
0: Finaestra. The Finaestra compound.
1: Yes. um, And I think that's an interesting... I don't know. Do you think they made the right choice?
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Since it turns out that it wasn't like a Yurk honeypot. Like, strictly speaking... But, like, I don't know what they would have done for Gump anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's fair. It, it, it seems like they could have intervened with Gump in in not a very long amount of time and still been able to hit up Finestra. But...
0: Yeah, I mean, Cassie sort of did what I imagine is the extent of their ability to help with Gump. At, yeah, the at the end of the book. book. Yeah.
1: Yeah. God, can I can I tell you first time that made me cry? Yeah. It made me actually cry because it was so distressing. We'll get there. Let's talk about the infiltration of Phoenix Compound.
0: Yeah, so the the reason why I'm hesitant to say that they made the right call is because it's such a shit show this guy oh my has some fucking security because he's Visser 3's Renegade Cannibal Twin and so the whole thing <laughs> is set up <laughs> to keep people that can morph oh, from getting in
1: yeah just anybody who could become an animal and just like yeah it's set up against animals so they initially try to uh, invade and rachel and ax get caught and it, like because because it's set up to keep birds from entering his house like all all they're all of the Doors and cracks and windows have electrical fields to keep insects and and birds out. And it takes down Rachel and Axe and they get caught. And Jake is like, okay, well, we have to do something or else they'll be either they'll have to morph out and they'll know Rachel's human and our secret's busted. Or they'll be stuck in morphs. So there's a, a real time aspect
0: there's a real rough exchange when they're, like, recovering on the roof of a Wendy's after <laughs> after <laughs> this failed attempt at sneaking in. Where, mm. like, Marco and Tobias are both just shouting at Jake about, like, the need to do something and how he fucked up. And Marco <sighs> gets pissy at Tobias because, like, of course, you don't really care if she stays a bird.
1: Yes, that was such a a mean but I think maybe kind of fair dig I, I mean at Tobias let's
0: be real Tobias probably doesn't want her as a bald eagle
1: no because that that's kind of a weird power dynamic in their bird relationship it
0: sort of reflects the power dynamic in their person relationship but
1: yeah that's fair
0: but yeah yeah it's it's a super mean dig and maybe just another sort of Tally in the uh, the the Marco and Rachel actually respect each other column.
1: Yeah, it, it seems like it, I think I think Marco's point is fair. Like I think if it came down to the wire, Tobias might be willing to let Rachel get stuck in a morph, and that I think that's at least a little bit a reflection of Tobias's real genuine love of being a hawk. Yeah, yeah. it's you know it's not so bad, and, and it is. It is, Tobias. <laughs> yeah. You've just gotten used to it. Yeah, not everybody gets an Elemist out. Ugh, yeah. I mean, if Rachel becomes a hawk or an eagle, like, that's just it. She's probably not getting her morph powers back. She's out of the fight. And, and the Animorphs cannot afford to lose Rachel, or any of them, but extra Rachel. Yeah, I mean, he, he
0: sort of, he's... That that attitude would sort of be turning his back in his shorn too.
1: Oh, no kidding. So... Kind of a real mess, but that the argument that they have where Jake is held accountable for his, I think, fair leadership choice, but he, he's being held accountable for being a leader, which we haven't actually really seen yeah, so far.
0: only in the book where he got a complete do-over.
1: Yes, it's fucking frustrating. I'm so, still very frustrated about that book.
0: Well, it's real interesting, though, because he feels like he's maybe making a mistake. When he yeah. when he chooses the path that he does, and he knows that it's um that it's a little upsetting to Cassie.
1: Yeah, there's a moment where he's like, uh, "This I'm making I'm making a linchpin decision right now." He's very aware of that.
0: But like, arguably, if they tried to deal with Gump first, things would have turned out exactly the same. So,
1: yeah yeah there's no real reason to believe, having finished the book that things would be much different really yeah. man so god what a what a fucking mess that infiltration of finesse Finestra. compound so <laughs> like ugh. I don't even know where to start. it was such such a mess
0: well they they try at first to. Like be stealthy, and that completely shits the bed, so then they fall back to the Rachel plan, <laughs>
1: yes,, yeah. which
0: is violence, and Jake like has to fly real quick to the gardens to acquire a rhino in broad fucking daylight, just like yes, lands on the back of a rhino and starts demorphing, and Tobias creates a a quote unquote distraction by stealing some kids' cotton <laughs> candy. But, like, he's just there demorphing into human in plain view of literally everyone that's looking at the rhinos.
1: Yeah, and, like, he can see them. They can see him if they're looking. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and acquires a rhinomorph and then has to, like, fly back real quick so that he can use the rhinomorph to just charge entirely through the house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because that Rachel's caught, so they don't have the elephant option, which is the-, the most obvious choice. Which is
0: why I think Rachel was the one who got caught.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, Axe is usually the one who gets caught because their secret isn't blown if he gets caught, so I think K.A. is really keeping that ace up her sleeve as long as she can. Even
0: though they're getting sloppier and sloppier, like, by the <sighs> book, about keeping this a <sighs> secret.
1: No kidding. I I assume that on some level they must know that everybody knows, even though, by all accounts, the f- fucking Yerkes still seems to think that they're Andalites.
0: Well, maybe they've figured out that, like everybody below the rank of Visser pretty much has figured out they got to be humans. (laughs) But none of the Vissers are willing to believe it, so they don't bring it up.
1: That's probably my favorite fan theory from this podcast. (laughs) I, I just really, I find it so satisfying to imagine the Yurk organization essentially like a lot of businesses where the underlings who have to deal with it day to day Totally know what's up, but then the upper <laughs> management is so fucking detached; they have no clue what it's like. <laughs> That's so pleasing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's very real. It feels very real. So yeah, Jake like barrels through here, and then they all go into combat mode, except Rachel and Axe, who apparently there's a like time suspension
1: technology. Yeah, quote unquote biostasis. What the fuck? I don't know that that seems like another thing that's a big broken plot point that I kind of think might not ever get mentioned again. But yeah, they're both kept in morph past morph time. Right,
0: but like time's frozen or something. It's like a slaver stasis field from known space.
1: Yeah, so they're fine cheap
0: i keep fucking bringing up larry niven shit on this podcast and
1: yeah why is that i
0: there's a lot of touch points that that i don't know i because i'm a fucking nerd that's why
1: (laughs) maybe ka is a fan
0: i mean i wouldn't be surprised obviously obviously she likes sci-fi and horror yeah and uh niven's pretty seminal sci-fi in terms of if you're looking for something that wasn't written by like a fascism enthusiast, but <laughs> also from the middle of the century.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. That's our plug for, for Larry Niven. Put that on the book cover.
0: <laughs> just stay away from the man Zen Wars stuff. That's when he opened up the license to other people and, like, some were good and a lot of them are not very. <laughs> you know, stick, to, stick to the Niven-authored stuff.
1: Yeah. So there's a really interesting part where Jake is demorphing from rhino to human to climb up some stairs because he doesn't think the stairs will hold the rhino, which is fair. And when he gets to the top, oh, let me pull this up in the book. He makes a point of complaining about the human form uh, by saying human isn't a great morph when you're thinking about going against guys with guns. And the, the fact that he's conceiving of humanity as a morph is so fascinating to me
0: yeah they're they're really leaning into the transhumanity angle at this point
1: yeah yeah the idea that their human forms their original human forms are just another tool just another morph tool in their in their set is not i don't think that would be surprising if tobias had said it 'Cause that's because humanity is now a morph for Tobias, but for Jake to say it, I was like, That's interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah. It definitely shows a tonal shift in his thinking.
1: Yeah. And this is also something this happens just immediately before something that we talked about in the last episode, which is foreign matter in their bodies when they morph.
0: Yeah, because he gets shot as a rhino and then when he's demorphing, it like falls out because it was not in the space that his normal body would have been taking up, which is like there's a whole list of things to go down here, including why the non-organic matter can't go into the Z space given the fact that, like, ships do. But uh, it's interesting because it made me think back, and I'm not sure. They've definitely been shot at, but I'm not sure that any of them has been shot yet that it wasn't a through-and-through.
1: Yeah, there. I mean, there have been some moments where they've gotten winged, literally with their wings. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't think, yeah, I don't think they've ever been, like, impacted and it's stuck. They
0: they've mostly had slashing wounds from Hork Bajir. So your controllers are real bad shots, is what I'm getting out of this. <laughs> uh, they they've taken a couple of hits with a Dracon at one point, I think, but
1: Yeah, that's more laser than anything. Yeah,
0: that's not gonna that's not gonna stick in you.
1: Yeah. So the fact that this happens twice, I, I'm just I'm curious to see if this ends up being again a, a larger plot point down the road, because it's a real specific thing to have happened twice in two books. Yeah,
0: exactly. It, this is also the first time that we see um he acquires the rhino while he's still in the process of demorphing, which I think that's the first time we've seen that.
1: Yeah, he's like not fully human. He has to wait until he has a human hand and then he reaches out and touches the rhino and gets the the morph. I thought that was interesting too because we have seen acts Ax- Use his tail to acquire DNA, mm-hmm. so it it's raises a lot of questions about what part of the body you need to use to acquire the morph, and what percentage of your original form does it need to be. Okay, let's talk about Visitor Three's twins. Shit,
0: right, Joe Bob <laughs> Finistra, and
1: yeah, good old Joe Bob,
0: and and his whatever that fucking Yurik's name was.
1: Espelin 94 double six. Note the double six, do you know what that means? The double designates that I'm a twin. Yes. That two Yerks grew from the same grub. So we I don't think we have any of the books had Yerk? Um Reproduction? Pro yeah, reproduction. N- yeah. No, I don't think so. Feel like maybe they talked about it. No. I think they might have made very vague reference to it in the book with the the traitor.
0: So they, they definitely established that Yerks are capable of romance, although it is perhaps atypical, but I don't think they talked yeah. about like the actual process.
1: Yeah, so they mentioned in this one that two Yerks grew from the same grub.
0: <laughs> Which like there's, <sighs> I, I can already hear the Homestuck crossover fanfic getting hammered out.
1: Oh, I don't know enough about Homestuck to know what that connection is. No comment. Um Okay.
0: <laughs> but but yeah, so Visser Three is this one, this dude is one hundred percent related to Visser Three because he yeah. eats other yerks.
1: Yes. Like, legitimately. God, Brent, it finally happened. We finally have like a real legit cannibal. Oh
0: my god, it's not a fake ass cannibal like the Visser.
1: No, it's not I'm just gonna hold them in my mouth and not actually eat them, visor three. Yeah,
0: not like, oh, I'm gonna eat other yerks, but only when I'm in the yerk eater morph, visor three.
1: Uh, right? Like fucking commit to your bit visor. Yeah,
0: come on. Your twin's doing this yeah. better than you. You should be the double six, bitch.
1: <laughs> it's so good. Like the fact that uh the fact that Espalin is using the internet to Basically, I guess kind of to catfish, basically to get your c- controller hosts and get their info and then track them down.
0: Crack open their heads and get that good, good Cantrona oh, out.
1: Fucking, it's so spectacular. It's so crazy. I love it so much.
0: I, I really, like, enjoyed, seriously enjoyed the brief scene where... He's like, yeah, I kill and eat other Yerks. and Marco's <laughs> like, all right, cool, like give this dude a pat in the back and let's go. And Cassie's <laughs> like, how do you get them out?
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, that was so intense because I, it's it there a lot of moral questions raised here because Cassie makes a great point.
0: Uh huh. Because Cassie jumps straight to yeah, he's not leaving the people alive afterwards.
1: No. He is he is killing the host, but that's also, I mean, a kind of a hypocritical point for them to make. I, I mean, I guess they perceive that the hosts that they kill, which they kill a lot of, two at least in the last book, probably maybe two or three in this one.
0: In this book, there are three garden palings,
1: so not a great track record for keeping hosts alive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I, I. I'm certain they perceive it as we're in a war. It's okay if we have to kill a few humans. It's not okay for him to kill them to survive. But isn't that the whole central moral concern Cassie had in the book with the skunks? I
0: feel like a lot of Cassie's protestations are seated more in who she wants the others to perceive her as than who she actually is.
1: Oh. I mean, she is very, very practical and... I think some of the moral concerns about animals that she has isn't always the most practical thing.
0: Well, I'm thinking specifically of, like, in this book, she sort of—their the, their initial plan to infiltrate AOL is to just acquire a couple of the employees and pose as them, which oh, none yeah. of them even think about the fact that they're going to have to get close, but— <laughs>
1: They're not gonna wander in barefoot again. But you
0: know that's fine. These these books gloss over that a lot. Um, yeah. And, and Cassie is, makes a whole raises a whole big deal about like no, we can't do that. We won't be any better than than the Yurks. But in previous books, she's very much been like, Nah, you should totally morph Jake.
1: Yeah, she she talks about consent and getting human consent to use their forms but it it sort of seems like for cassie once you have the consent to use the dna you can just use it fucking however you want
0: i i think i think that cassie is like deep down really into the idea of morphing other people and her very vocal objection to this is part of her trying to reconcile Mm. that with herself
1: Hmm. I mean, I can't, I can't blame her. I'd do it too.
0: Oh, Oh. wow. Okay, let's talk about yeah. that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me your DNA, Brent. No, thanks. Give me, give me your DNA, Brent. Brent, I won't abuse it. Brent, let me use your DNA. Brent, would you let me, would you let me morph Roland, your, your very sweet dog?
0: God, I was just thinking earlier today <laughs> about how... Uh, if we do an About Us page, we should list our available morphs, because I definitely have Corgi and guinea pig heart disease, in parentheses, and guinea pig uh, diabetes, in parentheses, and also pigeon.
1: Pigeon? Why pigeon? And there was one
0: that got stuck in our garage one time, and, and to take him to the exotic animal vet
1: that's very good uh it was Uh,
0: extremely traumatic
1: mine would just be a list of people that i've been able to touch that's
0: very like shame on you
1: (laughs) i don't feel great about it
0: yeah you're you're sperm jacking a lot of people
1: (laughs) stealing their dna
0: for your own ends
1: I'd probably, I bet I'd, I think I'd do what Axe does, and I would combine a bunch of DNA into one, to to use Jake's words, disturbingly attractive human morph.
0: (laughs) I still think that's, that's a muddy area.
1: Yeah, actually, this, this, uh, this raises a a question. So we, we've gotten, we, I think we, we can close the book on, is it cannibalism? Because this is cannibalism. Yeah,
0: 100% now, it's cannibalism. We we did it, we found
1: we found total cannibalism. Congratulations, so
0: everyone. Drop the balloons.
1: <laughs> it's cannibalism! It's cannibalism! <laughs> Finally. Um, so that raises another question. If you find a morph that is a composite of your DNA with a bunch of other people's DNA, but if you think it's, like, pretty fucking hot, is that autoerotic?
0: Uh, i feel like it's closer to incest
1: Uh, that was gonna be my next question Mm -hmm. i wanted to uh dip my toe into the pool before diving in there's is it is it incest
0: i well there's some of the same you know it they play so fast and loose with dna in this book uh in in these this series that who who knows only andalites know and they're not talking (laughs)
1: That's true. I think maybe in Jake and Rachel's case, it's a little bit more clear cut because they are cousins. Yeah, that's true. For either so, of them,
0: there is double the DNA involved as for anyone else.
1: Yeah, like if you if you're Jake and you look an axe and you're like, I mean, that's a pretty attractive dude. Uh, that is 25% you and 25% your cousin. I, an, another 25% of that is the girl you have a crush on. And then it's 25% so Marco. And then 25% Marco, so <laughs> now, there you go. And you know
0: who this is extremely clear-cut for is Tobias. If yeah. he wanted to take Axe's human morph to Pound Town, he could with a clear conscience because it's got no Tobias in it, although it could have a little.
1: <laughs> God, so, okay, so that's, I think that's my new fanfic ship. Oh, yeah. To- it's human, human Tobias and human Axe. <laughs> going on dates they're
0: really they're really broadening the meaning of shorm
1: yes it's it and it's beautiful i'm into it yeah i'm i'm Good still for them.
0: i'm still uh rachel and tobias for life
1: yeah i mean that's my otp the axe and mm-hmm. tobias is just my side, sure, no, my side get, that's, your,
0: that's your erotic pairing and then the yeah. <laughs> the the actual pairing <laughs> is uh yeah um
1: tobias and rachel for yeah. life
0: R- rachel and tobias till i die yes all right god <laughs> we, we could go on for a long time about this particular fucking book but i feel like uh it's probably about time for us to wrap up
1: hold on i really want to talk about that last scene the very oh, end shit. with cassie because that's that really got to me uh it's just because cassie is trying to warn this kid she she morphs a wolf so, already, not the greatest plan. You couldn't find a dog to morph into, Cassie? Apparently not. Apparently not. So, she morphs a wolf and goes to meet the kid at, like, a playground. Like, tracks <laughs> yeah, down the kid. she stalks a
0: child at their school. She stalks
1: the kid. The nine-year-old kid. Finds him at the school. Thought speaks to him. Because they also just, they've all gotten really lax about thought speaking. So I think... They thought speak to some guards in this book, too. Uh-huh,
0: and also to Esplan.
1: Yep, so just just go with it, I guess. No rules.
0: <laughs> no gods, no masters.
1: <laughs> so Cassie thought speaks to this kid and tries to convince him not to tell his dad that he knows he's a controller. And that's all they can really do, And like none of nobody else did that. Jake didn't do that. Cassie did it because she she's the moral compass and she's the only one who was really concerned about this kid as an individual. But that really messed me up.
0: Yeah. And well, and she was so angry at Jake for letting uh, Joe Bob Finestra live, even though Jake may have it's implied Jake may have burned the dude's house down.
1: But that's a thing in this book. His uh, Joba Fenestra's house burns down,
0: yeah. Yeah, Jake just throws that in at the end and is like, you know, lots of people had reasons. It could have been me, it could have been Cassie, it could have been Axe,
1: yeah, it could have been any one uh-huh. of us. You don't know, could have been Finestra himself,
0: yeah. Well, because the, the whole thing is, Jake told this guy that as long as you stay in this house, we won't come after you, and yeah, uh, then he took away even the though guy's we know. House.
1: Yeah, yes. Yeah, he cuts a deal. He cuts a deal with the cannibal yerk. You keep on you keep on doing what you're doing, and we won't um fuck with you as long as you chill out in this house, and then his house burns down mysteriously.
0: Yeah, there's there's definitely some tension, some strain on Jake and Cassie's relationship uh towards the end, and I think him being there for her after she tells this nine-year-old not to trust his dad, and is just really torn up about it, uh, sort of puts things back on an equilibrium for them.
1: I mean, I hope so. I'm I'm rooting for. I don't love them as much as I love Tobias and Rachel, but I do love Jack, and Jake, and Cassie, and I want them to to figure it out. But
0: the book ends with all of the animorphs like mucking out her stalls in the barn, so
1: desperately trying to find a sense of normality. Yeah. Desperately, desperately, desperately. So that's Fandalites.
0: <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this week. We uh, certainly did. Yes. We could probably talk about this book for hours.
1: Yeah, I could probably keep going. Yeah, but, uh, but I mean, your commute's it's... almost over, so. <laughs> so join us next week for book 17, The Underground.
0: Which I have no idea what it involves.
1: I hope bats. I think that's a bat book.
0: I bet Marco has a Batman joke.
1: I, yes, I hope so. I hope uh, there's also a Spider-Man reference.
0: Probably a Dracula too. Yes. Uh, Find us on the internet, on Twitter at Fandalites, uh, on Tumblr at Fandalites.tumblr.com. Email us, Fandalites at Gmail. Um, Just, you know, hit us up if you've got anything to say or fan art or fan theories or You just want to engage in conversation about this book. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Thanks to Dustin O'Dell for the use of our theme music. And uh, remember, nostalgia is a drug. I think we all know that the morph lives in the balls.
1: Is that true? That seems like a really <laughs> gross internet reason to put your balls on animals. Is that why? Is that why people in video games are always teabagging because they're trying to acquire their enemies' forms?
0: I'm gonna cut this whole part. <laughs>
1: <out. laughs> Fair enough. It's a dumb fucking joke. <laughs> and I'm
0: I'm sad I made it.